Welcome to Solo 2.0, an empowerment podcast hosted by two sisters living in LA, making their way through the health and wellness world. I'm Ryan Birch. And I'm Jess Dukan. Each week, we're committed to bringing you conversations with risk-taking, resilient guests from diverse backgrounds, interviews with experts on controversial or misunderstood topics that will expand your perspective, and lively roundtable discussions with our mom, hormone health educator, Candace Birch. We're driven to provide the support and motivation needed to ignite growth, confidence, and purpose so you can step into that 2.0 version of you. We can't wait to dig into these conversations and hope you'll join us every week for a new episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. This is Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Bliss by Jess. And I'm Ryan, co-founder of Your Hormone Balance. So Jess and I are together today at my house in the South Bay, and we haven't been together for a while um, to do any of the intros. We haven't even had a real interview in a long time. As We used to see each other all the time. I feel like yeah. I haven't seen you really that much at all. At all. We're like really keeping ourselves from catching up because... We had an interview before this and we still, and then after this, we're going to go get dinner and Jess is going to spend the night tonight, but we haven't been able to catch up on things forever. So we're trying to hold back so we can save it for tonight. Um, but yeah, it's kind of weird. I like, don't even know what's going on in your life right now. I know. I'm pregnant. (laughs) Lots of updates. Um, but no, it was fun. We just did an interview with, um, Krista, one of the founders of Kensho, which will be coming out in January. Kensho is a really cool uh, health platform that helps connect you to health coaches and health practitioners. Um, but that, that was our first interview in months, actually. So we were feeling a little rusty, but it was fun. Totally. Yeah. I feel bad because I was telling right after I just, um, well, we'll see how this interview goes. Cause I, <laughs> it's not changed. This I'm intro. Just, yeah. I'm still really tired. Um, but yeah, I feel like I don't know. This whole week has been so crazy and we're going to talk about this kind of stuff, but we're leaving for Oregon next week to go home and spend Christmas with our family, which I'm really excited about, but you guys probably know how it is when you're prepping for a trip, you have to fit everything in before. So work is just a lot busier. So I'm just kind of like hitting a wall, but I'm excited to chat about what we're talking about. Cause it's just catching up and sharing some of our, well, you go into it. You're going to explain it. Yeah. Well, basically today's episode is in part, we are, we are sharing a live that just did with Les Alfred of the Balanced Black Girl podcast. She was on our podcast last year, March, 2020. If you want to listen to her first episode, which was really a nice deep dive into her life and process of starting her podcast, which was like in five days. And she did it. She had the idea and launched her podcast in something like five days, or maybe it was even two days, something crazy. And then she today has over 2 million downloads, which is so cool. So amazing. So this is a live that just did on your hormone balance. And hopefully you don't mind, um, hearing some of these lives. It's, you know, a shame. I think a lot of the time, because not everybody is sitting on Instagram watching lives. So we feel these conversations are really helpful, powerful. They fit right into our podcast. So, you know, especially with how busy we both are with our lives, it's, it's very helpful for us to share these lives with you. And then 
what we want to, you know, do when we do that is add an intro on, um, so that, you know, it's a little bit more up to date, but. And also a lot of times now when we do the lives, we go in with the intention of turning it into a podcast. So it's not like, we're like, Oh, let's turn it into a podcast. We intentionally interview people and on topics that we think will be helpful for the podcast. And I think that's one hack. I mean, the, the sound has been way better than when, like, I think the first live that we repurposed for an episode on here was pretty low quality. Um, but we've gotten the audio down on that. And just personally for us to maintain the podcast and our work and all the things that we want, find joy in our lives. Like we have to be smarter about how we use our time, how we repurpose content. I think that's one of the, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I think that's one of the biggest things that smart business owners do is that they repurpose content. Like your Instagram caption, you know, is expanded upon in your newsletter is then put into a blog. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I personally want to get a lot better at. So, um, it can be crazy making, you know, I've Jess and I handle a lot of the social for your home and balance. And for the last couple of years, it's like, we're writing these mini blogs sometimes on in an Instagram caption that never gets turned into a blog. And that's just because, you know, yeah, if we were smarter, we, I'm just now getting to the point in the business where I'm creating systems like that, where everything's getting repurposed and reused. Yeah. And, um, that's the only, that's the best way to do. So anyway, that's probably boring to a lot of you, I did, but I did want to note though, if you guys hear like a weird, like wind sound in the first few minutes of the live, it's because it's been so damn cold in LA for LA. It truly has been like in the upper thirties at night and mid fifties in the day, I had a little space heater on and it was like on straight on my face. And then Mm. I realized three minutes into the life that might be picked up. So that's the only, I think, distraction, but other than that, no, I think this, it it was a great conversation and essentially it was, you know, less talks a lot about self-care preaches balance and having non-negotiable rituals in your life that keep you really sane. And So we thought this would be a great conversation to talk about her favorite morning and nighttime rituals that help her stay happy and balanced. And, um, and then we thought, because when I listened to it, cause I didn't get to catch it live, I just had all of these reminders of things that I stopped doing, you know, and that I used to do that made me feel great. And so we thought it would be fun to, you know, before we go into that conversation with Les, um, and again, this is an emphasis too on how to fit things in, uh, when you have a busy schedule, which less balances a lot, has Mm -hmm. a lot of work. So that was the focus of that conversation. But for today to wrap up the year, this is going to be our last episode of the year. Um, we thought it'd be fun to just get honest and share something each that we've neglected, um, or are doing a terrible job at health wise. (laughs) And then something that we are doing well, and then something that we'd love to achieve or do better at in 2022. Hopefully this is, um, helpful for you to hear, to get some ideas for your own life and routine or rituals. And, um, yeah, let's, did you have anything to add or do you want to get right into it? No, I mean, I think on Instagram, a lot of times we always, you know, everyone knows this, it's no surprise at this point, but it is always like a lot of times the highlight reel and it's like, ah, you can see those people doing everything perfectly and it can make you feel inadequate. So I think it's also important to share that everybody 
has moments and phases of their life where things aren't all going perfectly. And actually most of the time, not everything is going perfectly. So there's always, there's always areas that are going to be neglected and need TLC. So, and I have kind of like an ongoing guilt about building this hormone balance business and being in the health industry, but like working all the time. And sometimes I think like, Oh, do my friends think I'm a hypocrite or something like that? But I do feel strongly that I'm in a unique position where I, this, you do have to work a lot at the early stages of a very small business, you know, and I am, there will be the next phase is coming very soon where I, I do have more help and I can delegate things. We're launching some new systems and things, but I have my non-negotiable habits. You know, I I get plenty of sleep. I get my workouts in, I eat really healthy. I get my water and, um, but I have these fall off the wagon moments like anybody else, you know, and the weeks when it's just way too much work or something. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I want to be honest about that. And sometimes I'm like, I just really want to share these things. Yeah. Like, um, but anyway, I'll, I'll go into that. Well, your cuddles on my turn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ryan or man have great cuddle sessions when they feel stressed. And it's funny because today Josh was like super overwhelmed at work and he came into the office. He's like, Jess, um, are you busy? I was like, well, yeah, kind of like I'm rushing to get out of here to go do the podcast. And he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, why? He's like, I just wanted to see if maybe we could like hug. (laughs) He's like, I need a hug really bad right now. So I was like, of course. Yeah. Let me, let me me count down from 10. Exactly. I'm not the best hugger if you guys don't know, but I'm trying. And (laughs) so I, I did, I took a break and I gave him a hug. I don't know if it was the best hug, but he said it was helpful. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I mean, some people are cuddlers and huggy and touchy and others are not. And that's exactly how I am. And Jess is opposite, but that's how mom is. And dad's the opposite. Yeah. I get it from dad and you get it from mom. Yeah. I am very loving and I show my (laughs) emotions and my support and my love and in other ways. No, she doesn't. Yeah. I'm a cold hearted (laughs) bitch. (laughs) Um, so do you want me to start with some, yeah, start with something you've been terrible at lately. Okay. So I feel like I've mentioned this lately a lot, but I'm saying it out into the universe because it needs to be heard. Um, I'm just overspending on while I've been Christmas shopping and between black Friday and then cyber Monday. And then it was like, I wasn't done shopping for gifts. So then I just have found myself going on Instagram and all the ads and just swiping up and things that I really don't need. And on Amazon, like Amazon packages are coming all the time. <laughs> and I I don't know, I'm just in this like crazy spending phase and I'm trying to just give myself grace and be like, you know, you work really hard. Like you, I'm much better than I used to be about finances. And I, I like, I used to not check my account because I didn't want to know what it said. And I would mm-hmm. overdraft all the time. And, it, you know, I was always spending money on clothes and going out and stuff. So I feel like I'm, I'm much more reined in and I'm so much more aware of the money in my account and I'm always checking it, but I have just been justifying the spending a lot more like, well, you know, it's like a new season and 2019, like everyone was home and I didn't really have to have cute clothes to go out, but now I do. And now I hate everything that I have and I want like a whole new wardrobe. And so I've just been spending a lot and I think I'm just getting to the point where I'm feeling a little bit stressed by it because I'm not only buying a bunch of gifts for other people, but then on top of it, there's all this money that I'm spending myself. Yeah. It's hard when you're 
buying, yeah, the Black Friday this year felt like on steroids, like everyone and their mom is offering a sale, which of course we were doing that too, you know, but things that shouldn't even be on sale. I'm like, just weird digital things that you're like, you don't need to have a sale. Oh, well, I was like, and the little things that get you on Instagram where it's like, this mascara has sold out 150,000 times or like, I got those TikTok leggings. What is that? They they make your, okay. The video is very effective. It had like four different women put a camera on the other side of the room and they like grab something out of the cupboard and they're wearing these TikTok leggings that make your butt look really big. They cinch your butt and like, and then like their husbands or something came in the room and like had like, they're like, whoa, (laughs) which hilarious. That would never normally get me. But I was like, damn, those, their butts do look really good and they were really cheap. Um, and Ryan, I don't have big butts. So yeah, striving for that. That makes sense. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I was, yeah. Um, very little baby booty, but, um, didn't, didn't really love them. Just definitely. I don't know. I didn't really fit me that well. I actually got some cinch butt leggings like that too. Cause I've always, I always want to make my butt look a little bit bigger and same thing. Like I didn't love it. I also felt a little self-conscious that it was cinching my butt. It's a little obvious. obvious. I'm like, Ooh, that was embarrassing. This is made so that people stare at your butt. So you can't be be like up your butt too. I'm like, this is slightly uncomfortable you a wedgie. yeah exactly I don't need this that's so funny I'm trying to think if I bought anything crazy well I don't know there's like all these like the world's thinnest charger I think I sent that to you but it mm-hmm. does look kind of cool and like I don't know just so many different things but sounds like there's a lot that you've purchased <laughs> yes yes my bank account needs like I need someone to take my credit card away and then, and then I think too, you know, they make it easy to justify because it's like, oh, well I got, got to put points in my credit card and that'll help me pay for mm-hmm. traveling in the future. Yeah. Or spend less and have more for the travel. Yeah. But all true. of those tactics work. Well, guys, yeah. yeah. Next one. Yep. So why don't you share something? We're on a timer today, yes. nine minutes left. Um, so I will just share, I think the biggest thing that I felt guilty about recently is, you know, after forever in COVID and no, no plans ever. And working all the time, we randomly had a bunch of plans in November. We had Tame Impala, Tame Impala concert. We had, um, this awesome concert jungle at the Greek. And then we had a trip to Austin for a wedding. And those were all within t- the same two weeks. Um, and then, Oh, we had friends in town from Oregon stay with us and an engagement party for Thomas's brother. So we were hosting for a weekend. And then the following week we had two concerts and then the following week we had a wedding. So it was a lot of partying to be honest and, you know, drinking and then travel to Austin, Texas, which we got there at night. So it was suddenly like almost one or two in the morning, our first night. And I, I am a routine person with my sleep habits because I have always struggled with sleep. So I've got it down when I'm home because mm-hmm. I have the sound, the light, the temperature of my routine, but I do get really nervous still when it's like late night and it's actually, I just, I do struggle with time change or whatever. So I have kept on hand like these sleep aids from my past life of relying on sleep aids and I keep them on reserve for not natural ones like Xanax, Xanax, which, you know, I hate to admit, but I do keep it on reserve. I've completely changed my life from like, I used to take them for periods every day to sleep. Um, this was like years ago now, 
But I do find that like, if I get into a period where I haven't been able to sleep for like a whole night or something that like taking a half can catch me up for the next day and I can move on with my life versus I personally feel like dragging through. Cause when I have a night like that, it can turn into three nights, four nights of not sleeping. So those health impacts to me are worse than taking half a Xanax in those rare, rare times when that happens. But what happened was during this two week period, I, I started taking it again to be able to get over the concert being up late and the next one. And then the trip. And when we got back from Austin, I was straight up not able to sleep on my own. It took me back to where I was about four years ago when I just, my insomnia was at the worst. And it's this crazy voice in your head. That's like, you can't sleep. You can't sleep. You can't sleep. You can't sleep. And it never turns off. <sighs> and you're just laying in bed. And it's like, even if you were about to nod off it, you're not going to sleep. You can't sleep. You can't sleep. Do you ever like say mantras back to it? Like you're getting sleepy or. I, yeah. And it just, I think in that period of time, I was so wired and so like circadian rhythmed off that yeah. I was just not able to stop it. And I didn't have any of my CBD anymore because I hadn't been having these problems. So I, I actually wasn't even using CBD for a while because I was in such a good place before this yeah, two weeks. Yeah, you really were. And so anyway, I just reverted back and I had to just go cold turkey. I just told Thomas like, take away any like sleep aids. And, um, and I just stayed up for two, almost three nights with no sleep. And then thankfully I canceled all my plans. That was like a Thanksgiving weekend where I had two back-to-back friends givings. And I was just like, I just can't go to this. And I just, we got massages and I just was like, you're going to, and Thomas was so supportive. It's just like, you're going to be okay. And I got a bunch of CBD and we got some sleep weed edibles with CBN. CBN is the new thing. Um, Mm. And I've been able to gradually get myself back on track. I'm still in a shakier place than I was. I was solidly like not thinking about sleeping at all. Like not even occurring to me to be like, oh, I'm going to struggle. But I think these, um, getting back to my sleep routine is, is really helpful. Yeah. Can you quickly say like what your like sleep ritual is? Yeah. I mean, I think really trying to, to be done with work two hours before bed, um, always with the blue light wearing blue light blocking glasses. I've cut my caffeine down to, um, well, right now I'm doing a half a cup of caffeine and then mixing with your blends, but I think that's really helpful and not doing any late in the day, um, any kind of stimulants or energizers, which I wasn't really doing, but sometimes I would have like a coffee later in the day. Usually I would cap it at two max, but, um, yes, I think those things. And then also, um, yeah, I've, honestly, right now it's been a lot of like, yeah, the weed and the CBD, like eating the, the CBN it's, it's a Kiva, uh, sleep edible that has CBN and THC. Um, and that is really effective. And then the CBD and then, um, and then that's all for now. I really, I guess maybe I can just pair that with my next one. We don't have to do this in the perfect order, but like my biggest goal for this new year. And I've had this goal forever would be to get in bed and read before bed. Yeah. It's just so part of Thomas and my routine that once I'm finally done working, cause he's always just waiting for me to be done working. Aww. We go and watch our show, you know? Um, but I would love for us both to get in the habit of getting in bed and reading until I fall asleep. You have Malibu rising. I give it to I you. I have several books okay. that I, that, that's in my pile. That, that one it's is like so good. collecting dust. So I need to, that's just needs to happen. I love that as a goal. And even if you just read for like a chapter and then watched your show or watched your show and yeah. then read for a chapter. So like the last thing you did was reading. Yeah. That would still be really nice. You know, I agree. Doesn't have to be all or nothing. I, I did start the shoe, the shoe dog, the film night 
book about his life starting Nike. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I would love to read that too. Yeah. That one's good. Um, so, okay. Did you also, so I'll share a goal. Um, cause we we're going to share something we're doing well too. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll just put mine yeah, in there. The, ca- the caffeine, the reducing the caffeine I've been feeling really good about. Also I ordered, um, some functional, uh, functional mushroom liquid lipsomal. I don't know how to say oh, that. Liposomal. Liposomal. I don't know. It's like a liquid, um, they have vitamins from Mary Ruth's. So I got, um, I wouldn't actually suggest the product I got. It's, <laughs> it's very strange. Like it's, you're told to refrigerate, but it like, you can't, it won't come out of the bottle. Oh, it's like this thick pudding, but it's actually tasty. But anyway, so, um, the, the functional mushroom liposomal and yeah. then the <laughs> vitamin C liposomal. <laughs> and I swear to you, those reducing my caffeine, um, I've been maintaining my supplement regime, which is like Uber energy, you know, B vitamins, uh-huh. um, Vitex, fish oils, things like that. I always do that every day, but all of those things together, I am seeing, cause I coming off this insomnia weekend, coming off those trips, those concerts, I have had fatigue for a while, which I recognize in myself is my cortisol levels are probably lower than they were the last time I tested, which yeah. wasn't that long ago. My cortisol levels look good but I'm thinking under this stress that I put myself under recently and like drinking and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure they're low from that. So I just stocked up on everything that I know supports the adrenals and more adaptogens. And I'm feeling, I got the booster on Monday and I'm actually feeling really good. I mean, other than the headaches I've been getting from the booster, but you know, the vaccine can impact your immune system and I'm surprised that I'm feeling back faster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's wonderful. I think that's the thing about supplements that I always try to remind people is that it is meant to supplement your lifestyle. It's not meant to be like the cure-all. Mm-hmm. So you want to be doing these other things like Rise doing, reducing the caffeine, really focusing on getting back into her rituals and stuff like that. But there is something to be said for supplements. They can really help a lot. And that was actually the one that I was going to say too. So I'll kind of just go off of that was um, I'm feeling really good about where I'm at with figuring out all of the supplements that I need. Cause I feel like at certain times in my life, I've kind of loved being a guinea pig, being a health coach. I'm like, Oh, I'll try this. And I'll try this. And, and so brands, many brands reach out, they reach out, they want to send me stuff. And I used to say yes to everything. And now I'm super selective about what I'll say yes to. I do my research. I make sure that I like the efficacy of the brand, that it's a high quality, that it's something that I actually need or would use. Um, and so, I have been, I've really narrowed it down. And because as I was, I've been really open about lately, I was struggling more with migraines recently. I did take a supplement holiday and pretty much came off of everything. So I was worried that maybe some of the herbs were making it worse. Mm -hmm. So I slowly started introducing things back in. And so, yeah, I always start my day with um, a couple of creams that are specifically for hormone, like my unique hormone levels. Um, and then I, I've been starting with the vitamin D three K two combo. And then also this Mary Ruth, um, ginseng vitality, which is really good for the adrenals and energy. And so that combination together, I feel like in the morning is awesome because vitamin D three helps with energy and mood. Mm-hmm. And especially because it's been so dark, like four o'clock. And then when right. I get up at six 30, it's dark. So that has been really great. And, um, then I've been taking Maddie miles. Who's been on our podcast, um, her soothe supplement, which is so good. It has a blend of different 
um, herbs, and then also Vitex, which is really good for balancing progesterone and estrogen. And I feel like that's actually helped a lot with some, um, I don't get really bad PMS, but my boobs were super sore for a while and that's dissipated. It helps a lot with that. Yeah. So that's been really nice. And then I always, I've been so much better about taking magnesium because getting migraines reminded me I need magnesium. A lot of migraine sufferers are deficient in that. So I've found a very good quality brand of that and I'm taking that. Um, and yeah. And then I also have been eating this, a couple of pieces of this CBD chocolate by winged woman at night. And it just kind of like, I don't know if it's placebo or not, but I feel like it just kind of puts me in the zone and like relaxes me. But I have, there's a few other things I take too, like a B complex, mm-hmm. which I think is super important for hormone production and energy. Um, but I'm in, in a good routine with it. And I think part of that too, is knowing when I'm taking each one and having bottles that are facing me that are in like the placement of them so that they're facing me. And I remember, um, so that's been feeling really good. And I've been noticing a lot less headaches, more energy. Just, I feel like I'm not tired in the morning. I pop out of bed with energy and I fall asleep at pretty much the same time every night. So that's great. And this is just also a reminder that we all go through seasons, you know, like, yeah, you know, I can remember just a couple months ago, I was like feeling the best I felt, you know, and then a month ago I was feeling one of the worst I felt in a long time. Yeah. As long as you have these go-to habits and, um, can pick yourself back up or at least be like, okay, I feel miserable. What, what next? What's, what's the next step? Or like, since we're going home and we know we're going to be outside of our routine and like mom and dad don't always have like all the things we like. Um, yeah. but they try, you know, they do ask us what we want for groceries and stuff like that, but, but you're usually of, there, there, there's none by the time we get there's there. There's usually not ever <laughs> enough food. That's more the thing is really, really one avocado. We literally yeah. eat a whole avocado a day, every day. We yeah. need like 30 avocados when we get home. <laughs> We're like, yeah. we need like three jars of different milks and like, or they'll be like, let's, we got to go to the store. So we like all have to go to the store. It's like, together. I just want to be waited and on. It's freezing. It's <laughs> raining. We're like mom, it's cold. Like, can you turn up the, We're, yeah, we're, we're constantly yeah. complaining. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We sound like such brats. Yeah. <laughs> we're terrible children. But we, we do, you know, you're out of your routines and rituals. We do go for like cute family walks. They have like mm-hmm. a very nice, um, walking path and it's just surrounded by beautiful trees. It feels very Christmassy. Um, I love going Lots home of for rain Christmas. though. I do so love going ready. home yeah. for Christmas. I'm excited. It's I'm so excited. fun. Um, so Michael, one of my priorities that I want to focus on, I guess I'll just go back to mirroring the overspending. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm going to put together like a budget. I always say that it doesn't happen. I'm sorry. That just like doesn't work for me, but things that do work for me that I've already started to implement going through every week and unsubscribing from newsletters that tempt me. Mm-hmm. Like when we buy a mascara from a brand, they automatically add us to that list. So then I'm constantly getting emails of like last chance for free shipping. So going through and just unsubscribing from things that I know that I don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's a lot of brands. I really, I love their content and I, I do want to know about their sales, but that really helps. Um, and then the other thing that I recently said I want to implement is, okay, when you're about to buy something, whether it's the swipe up on Instagram or you're on this website, tell yourself that you get 24 hours. If in 24 hours, you're still like really thinking about that thing and you want it, then go back and get it. But I just started implementing that this week and I usually don't even remember to go back Mm -hmm. or I realize I don't need it. Yeah. So I think it's just little 
habits like that. I want to think about more things like that that are realistic for me versus like having to go through a whole budget. Yeah, because something you won't do. Yeah, and overall, I am pretty good with my spending and making sure I don't go below a certain balance. So that's kind of the way I budget is like you have this much in your savings, this much in your checkings. If you go below that, you need to rein it in. Yeah. So yeah, simple. Yeah, effective. Totally. That's great. Well, there's way more that we could have shared, but I think. Um, you know, if this is something that you like hearing about little rituals and routines, um, well, it's funny in this episode, Les kind of talks about how she's the anti-routine gal. It's more about rituals, which I really like. I'm like that too. I always say rituals over routines because yeah, routines are strict and you guys go into that in, yeah, in the episode, yeah. but, um, if you love this kind of stuff, then let us know. We'll be doing more intros like this and episodes like this. So we can share more of our little go-to tips as we are working on improving them ourselves. So make sure to tune in, in January for our next episode. And I'm not sure who that will be with yet, but we will, you'll find out. Surprise, surprise. TBD. And uh, yeah, this is us signing out for 2021. Here's to hoping 2022 is much better. Yes, yes, it will be. It has to be. We love you guys. Thank you so much for sticking around with us. And as always, reach out. If you have anyone that you want us to take on, bring on, you have any topics, you're like, I want to hear more about this. Yeah. I want more solo episodes. If you like hearing us, let us know. Yeah. And all that just reminds me, final point, we're going to do more stories with people like their life story, the entrepreneurial journey. So that's one of the next ones that we have coming up. Um, so that we're not just hammering you with hormone tips all the time, but if you're listening and if you're loving that, well, hopefully you're staying around for that too. Yes. All right. Happy holidays, everybody. Well, we're super excited to have all of you here and I'm really happy to have Les because she really is the queen of, I feel like just feel good wellness and approachable wellness and meeting you where you're at and just creating rituals over routines. And I love that because that's what I'm all about. And she hosts this amazing podcast called the Balanced Black Girl Podcast, which I'm going to have her tell you about. Um, She also just got certified as a yoga instructor, which is so amazing, Um, is a meditation teacher. She's a community builder. And so before we get started on this topic of sort of self-care non-negotiables for hormone balance, I really want you to kick it off with a little bit about who you are, what you do, what lights you up, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, Jess, I want you to just always do my intros now. That was great. (laughs) Um, yes, but for those just meeting me, I have been in the wellness space for over a decade now. So I started my personal wellness journey when I was in college and it has continued through adulthood. Oh, thank you, Leah. Leah used to work with me and she's the sweetest. Oh, Um, so amazing. Someone just commented, Les is an awesome human being overall, which I totally agree. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jess. And thank you, Leah. Um, I've been on my wellness journey since I was about 20 years old. And so a lot has changed since then in the wellness world. And a lot has changed in my own personal approach to wellness. And my approach has been really sharing how I've evolved and how my wellness journey has evolved real time um, with my community and with my audience. And I started doing that primarily through blogging and then moved to podcasting. Um, and, and now just trying to do everything I can to share as much as I can and help other people live well. Yeah. And and that's so special. And I think so meaningful and not something that 
we see all too often, you know, just that dedication. And so we need more, more wonderful humans like you out there doing this work. And I think what's so incredible too, is let's just hit 2 million downloads on her podcast, which is exciting and such a milestone in, a, in and of itself. But to me, that just shows the reach that you have and how many touch points and people that you're able to impact with your messaging and your guests. And I think that that is just so amazing because, yeah, it's great to, you know, be able to go on a podcast and to share your skills and to reach people. But once you see that ripple effect and you see people actually being changed by the work that you're doing, I can only imagine what that must feel like. It's pretty surreal. And even the numbers itself still doesn't fully click with me because I still can't comprehend like, oh, the podcast has been listened to, you know, millions of times. My brain still can't like wrap around that. But when I do have people reach out to me and share, you know, their takeaways from an episode or how an episode resonated with them or how they felt seen or heard or supported, that's what always gets me. And that's what I appreciate so much. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just encourage everyone to go over there and listen because there are a lot of, I remember you did an episode about setting boundaries Mm -hmm. and that's something I definitely want to talk about in this live, because I think that that's an integral piece of self-care and especially I talk about this all the time when it comes to balancing your hormones, the superpower of saying no and feeling proud of that decision and I love the phrase I don't know who started it but like JOMO joy of missing out instead Mm -hmm. of FOMO um is just totally my jam and I think you know I personally used to be really bad at saying no I would say no to yes to everything because I don't want to let anyone down I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings I wanted to be a good friend but as a result you know I was very burnt out my hormones were out of balance I was suffering with migraines and you know, it really came to a head where I had to learn to say no. And now I find it to be really empowering because I'm not a flake. I don't say no to everything, but I really just choose what's going to be the most supportive to me. And then when I really don't feel like I can show up the way that I want to, I say no. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. I think discernment yeah. is huge there when it comes to boundaries and figuring out what to say yes and no to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I want you to speak to a little, a little bit more to that. But before we go there, um, I would love for you to just briefly touch on your experience getting your hormones tested with your hormone balance. And from those results, what were some of the things that you started to implement right away or maybe over time that had, you know, a great impact and specifically when it comes to, you know, self-care? Mm-hmm, definitely. So just for some kind of additional context for those listening, I yeah. had started experiencing some hormonal changes in about late 2019. And there's several reasons why I think that happened that I won't necessarily get into. Just a lot of life changes, a lot of lifestyle changes. I turned 30. It was just like a lot going on. And I started noticing some changes around that time, um, noticing that I started having really bad period pain when I hadn't had that before. I started... Um, just having uh, really severe like PMS symptoms that I hadn't had before, almost to the point where it was like anxiety and depression when it was close to my period coming, which Mm -hmm. was not normal for me. Um, I didn't experience any issues with regularity. It was still very regular, but like how I was feeling physically and emotionally, I just knew that I like was not okay. And 
over time, it just steadily got worse. Um, so I had about a year, little over a year and a half of it just like progressively getting worse. <laughs> and finally, by this spring of 2021, I was like, okay, I can't, I'm, this is just like not okay. I don't feel okay. I'm spending half the month feeling very much not okay. Um, and so I ended up getting my hormones tested, uh, through your hormone balance, which was such a helpful process. And it really, um, one helped me just feel seen and heard. Like I'm not crazy. There is something going on. The symptoms I was experiencing were in alignment with where my hormones were at. So it made sense. I was able to understand the lifestyle decisions that I had made to get there, a lot of the habits that I had in my 20s around over-exercising and lots of caffeine and lots of stress and not a lot of sleep had all kind of culminated and was a big part of why I was experiencing those things. Um, and so it was super helpful, one, just to understand what was happening in my body and to feel like, okay, I understand where these symptoms are coming from. And I'm not crazy. It's not nothing. Um, and I felt very like validated in that. And so when I started looking to make lifestyle changes, I mean, the number one thing for me was managing my stress. Um, and it's something that I'm still working towards. <laughs> always a work in progress. We always are. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I really had to learn how to start managing my stress better. And so some of those immediate changes were cutting way back on caffeine with a big one. Um, I... And I'm like embarrassed to tell you this, Jess, for about a decade, <laughs> I would wake up in the morning, drink coffee on an empty stomach and then go do hit <gasps> like no. every day for like eight years <laughs> and then wondered why my hormones were messed up. It's like, oh, that's, that's why after getting like five hours of sleep. So people listening, don't do any of the things that I just said. Don't do anything that I did. The fact that I even like had a period after doing all of that for so long, it's kind of a miracle. That is actually surprising. Yeah. And during that time, I was on birth control for a while. Mm -hmm. I was on birth control from like 2012 or 2013 until 2017. Um, and even when I stopped taking birth control, my period came back right away and was... Normal, like normal. Yeah, um, it's that's amazing. Though some sort of miracle going on. <laughs> um, also, I mean, that is a long time that you were on it, but a yeah. lot of women are on it for decades. You know, yeah. I mean, 10, 15, 20 years. So it's it's great that you kind of intuitively knew. It sounds like that you wanted to come off of it earlier. Yeah, I had just, honestly, that year I had, I think my prescription ran out and I just decided to just not, I didn't really need it. I was like newly single and I was like, I'm just going to like take a break from it. Not even really knowing much about hormone health. I was like, well, I don't feel like I need it. And so I don't mm -hmm. want to keep taking something that I didn't feel like I needed. And yes. then the years since then, just getting a lot more educated around the impact that birth control can have. And I'm not necessarily anti-birth control because I think that everyone's body is different and people have different needs and yeah. all of those things. But I realized for me, it just wasn't necessary. And so didn't go back to it. Yeah. So you were saying that when was it that you, so after you got your hormones tested and you kind of realized that you wanted to slow things down a little bit and you cut yeah. back on the, the caffeine, mm -hmm. what were some of the things? Cause I think it's really helpful to kind of break it down for a lot of people. And we've talked about this before, you know, it's not 
to your point, you know, everybody's so different that some people can handle more caffeine than others and their cortisol levels are fine, you know, and they feel good and they don't feel anxious and they don't have a crash and their periods are regular. But for a lot of women, coffee in particular on an empty stomach, especially first thing in the morning, it's like a shot, like a whiplash to the adrenals and it can... You know, you may feel like it energizes you in the morning, but it can create this ripple effect. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not only for a lot of women, it, you know, it's like, well, actually I am super anxious and all the time. And then they realize just by cutting back on coffee, that anxiety goes away. Um, Or, you know, the other thing is that it can impact um, your cortisol levels. So if you're dealing with cortisol levels that are either too low in the morning when they should be high or too high at night when they should be low, Mm -hmm. it can really impact that and cause you to have, you know, these adrenal imbalances that lead to a whole host of symptoms. And, you know, one being that it can disrupt your menstrual cycle, it can really impact your PMS, mm-hmm. um, and all of these different things. So it can be interesting to at least sort of experiment with, okay, how would I feel if I swapped that morning coffee for maybe a chai, which is still caffeinated, but less caffeine and doesn't give you that, you know, steep blood sugar spiking crash, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, I'll switch to like a half calf or, or maybe I'll just do a cacao latte or something like that and just see how you feel for a week. It's not saying you can't ever do it for the rest of your life, but just see what changes you notice. But I think that it's helpful to have little swap outs and things that you look forward to instead. So I'm curious with all that said, Mm -hmm. what your sort of approach was with that and what you noticed and how you felt. For sure. Yeah. And I'm such an extreme person that I just immediately cut it out, <laughs> all caffeine. Also, maybe yeah. don't recommend that to, to people either if they have other things going on. Um, and I definitely noticed that I was tired throughout the day, although I was experiencing fatigue with it before, which was part of my hormone issues because I'd had low cortisol. Um, like you explained, actually, my cortisol followed the natural curve where it was highest in the morning and tapered off later, but it was like half as... I had about half as much as I should have had. Mm-hmm. So it was just constantly low. Yeah. Um, and so what really helped was I cut caffeine cold turkey. Now I might have like a cup of coffee a month. And if I do, I make sure it's not during my luteal phase. Like during my luteal phase, I do not touch any caffeine because then I've noticed such a big difference in not having cramps versus if I have caffeine during that phase, then I, it's like a recipe for cramps. Wow. Um, that's so amazing. You put that together too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like clockwork. So after ovulation, like no caffeine for me. Um, and then also just paying a lot more attention to my sleep hygiene. And that's probably the biggest change that I've made this year is paying so much more attention to my sleep hygiene, being a lot more mindful about going to bed earlier Um, creating a nighttime routine to kind of mirror my morning routine, because I think we put a lot of emphasis on morning routines. And then at night, we tend to spend a lot of time watching TV or on our phones or working and then think we can immediately go to bed and our bodies just don't work that way. Um, So those have been a couple of things that really helped me manage my energy when I was experiencing some of those symptoms of like withdrawing from caffeine. Um, And then also accepting the natural dips in energy, realizing that it's 
it's okay if I'm not super energized all the time. And if I am feeling tired, that's an indication that my body really needs rest. And so giving myself rest instead of overstimulating myself has been really helpful. I love that you pointed that out because it's so true. It's almost like we shut our body off. Like, I don't want to hear that you're tired right now. So I'm just Mm going to give myself more coffee and energy drink, you know, pre-workout powder, whatever. And just like jazz myself up and feel like the energizer bunny all day. But really it's like, you're just inevitably awaiting that crash and silencing that is not allowing you to really tune in and listen to what's going on in your body. And to your point, if you're really tired, that could be a sign from your body that you need to say no to that, like fifth happy hour that you have planned this week, or like maybe another podcast guest that you crammed in, you know, like that, or, or maybe you just need to take a nap. Um, and so I think connecting your body, connecting to your body in that way has probably been, really powerful. Oh, so helpful. And even this time of year, I really had to change my approach to seasons. Like if we start taking cues from nature during the winter, we're not supposed to be wired and doing all of these things all the time with the days being shorter, the nights being longer, we are supposed to be resting more. It's natural to feel more tired and want to sleep more because that's what our bodies want to do this time of year. And so also just kind of letting myself be a little bit more in tune with nature um, Mm -hmm. and not forcing myself to try to live like summer all year round. (laughs) It's not to have a lot more energy in the summer. It's okay to want to rest right now in winter. That is so true because it's the same thing with like the circadian rhythm and, Mm -hmm. you know, we have all of these blue light devices, our phone, our laptop, and all this blue light is impacting our melatonin, which is our master sleep hormone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of hitting that pineal gland and impacting it so that we're maybe wired at night and we can't sleep when in, you know, previous days when we didn't have all of that, we would have just gotten tired because it would have been dark and we would have said, Oh, okay. Like I've had my dinner. Uh, it's dark. There's nothing left to see or do. I'm just going to go to bed. And then at, in the morning it would be light and you would wake up. But now we have, and it's kind of funny because the black light black or what are the thick curtains? Oh, the blackout I, curtains. Blackout curtains. Those are great mm-hmm. for making it dark at night to help you sleep. But then in the morning, it kind of has mm-hmm. the opposite because you want to allow natural light in so that you can wake up to the light. Yeah. But if you have those blackout curtains, then it's making it dark when you need mm-hmm. to see that light. So it's also important to open your windows and let that natural air and that natural light in. So I'm curious kind of what your rituals are around that, like the night and the, and the light. Yeah, I love that question. So I personally am not super sensitive to light and I actually love waking up with the natural sunlight. That's something that I can only really do on the weekends because just with you know, that's another thing that's really hard is for a lot of us, we have work schedules and things that are kind of outside of our control. So during this time of year, we kind of have to wake up when it's dark, but I love on the weekends, waking up with sunlight is truly just the best feeling. But for me at night, I try to kind of help my circadian rhythm by having dimmer light. So Uh, about an hour or two before I'm ready to go to bed, I will turn off all of the harsh light in my, in my 
apartment. I almost said appointment in my apartment. <laughs> uh, and I will use salt lamps. I have a few salt lamps all around my apartment. So in my bathroom, my bedroom, I have some dim lights out here in my living room where I've been using like the Christmas tree as light. because it's I love lights. the Christmas tree. Um, yeah, it, it's like the perfect like vibey light, but, and I'll do that in candles so that, you know, I can see if I'm still reading or getting ready for bed or whatever, but it's not as harsh and it's a little bit more dim. So like my eyes can start naturally getting used to less light and that's super helpful. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing that for a couple of years now. Um, I've been big on the salt lamps for a couple of years, but it's been about a year of being super intentional with, okay, when I get ready for bed, I want dim light. Yeah, that is super important. And I think it's also one of those things that's just so, I don't know, my husband always makes fun of me because my favorite word is cozy, but I just love, (laughs) I love coziness. And Mm -hmm. so, and I think we all, all kind of do. If you look at it like you're just creating a ritual that is prepping and priming your body for sleep and for calm and creating that space that is your sanctuary, especially if you're coming home from work or maybe you work from home and to create that separation of like, okay, work is done. Now I'm going to light my candles and put my Himalayan salt lamps on. I think that all kind of just helps you to bring down, you know, those cortisol levels from the day and just allow you to go from that fight or flight state that you might've been in to the rest and digest. And that's really going to help you to, to sleep a lot deeper too. Oh, it helps so much. And it just, it, it feels good. It feels like fancy and relaxing. Like one of my kind of the keystone of my uh, night routine as I usually will shower at night and I use salt lamps and like candles to light the bathroom so it's Ooh. like and then I turn on my favorite playlist and it's like a super relaxing ritual and it would feel totally different if I just took like a basic shower and didn't take that extra like minute to just set the mood better it would feel mm-hmm. like basic and like another chore but by making like a ritual and an experience out of it I look forward to doing it every night. Ooh, we should share a shower situations, like take a photo of it because I do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't do it at night. I like that mm-hmm. idea. I, when I'm feeling stressed in the middle of the day and I feel overwhelmed, I will literally sometimes just go and take a shower because I can't mm-hmm. bring my phone. And yeah. I have these eucalyptus leaves mm-hmm. in the shower, which is really calming, helps lower cortisol and just smells really nice. I have that in there. And same as you all bring in Alexa and I'll play like French Cafe playlist or her, yeah. which is like my favorite radio station. And I light some candles and I'll have like s- smell some peppermint essential oil or lavender. And I just get out of my head and just yep. into my body and just relax. And then I'm clean. I'm refreshed. It's almost like I'm washing off the stress. You literally are. Back yeah. to it. I like imagine myself doing that. And it's such a meditative experience. It makes mm-hmm. such a difference. And it's something we're going to do anyway. That's the thing. Like mm-hmm. self-care doesn't have to be something that's expensive or takes all this extra time. Like we're going to do things like shower anyway. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> so Although, you may as well like make it as enjoyable as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could not agree more. And I think that's the thing that's so beautiful about what you talk about too, is that, and I'm such a fan of this as well is rituals over routines. Cause I think mm-hmm. routines can feel very strict and very like locked in. Masculine. Very masculine. Yes. And, and, <laughs> 
men are great with routines because of how their hormones are. You know, they're basically oh, yeah. the same every single day. Yeah. But as females, our hormones are changing literally all the time mm-hmm. and based on what cycle we're in. So a routine for us, it doesn't work the same for us at all times of the month. So I think having rituals that can be flexible is a much nicer, more approachable way to go. So I want you to share your, because I totally agree. I think the evening sets you up for the morning. So having those evening rituals kind of sets the tone for the morning and then it's this ripple. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to share what are your favorite or like non-negotiable evening rituals that support, you know, hormone balance. Totally. I would say some of the big things, the shower, my like self-care shower time is one of them. It sounds like I, we do something very similar. I, I like having eucalyptus in the shower. I haven't in a while, but I do always have at least like eucalyptus essential oil and I'll like sprinkle it around. So it steams up in the shower. Um, I'm also very big on resetting my space. And I'm actually recording a podcast about this later this week. And I'm excited for this. But um, I also found that when I have clutter or a messy space, it negatively impacts every area of my life. Not only is it stressful to look at, which like raises your cortisol, makes you just feel uneasy when there's just stuff everywhere and it's messy. I also found that it really messed with my motivation. I have a very hard time working if my desk is messy. Um, even for a long time when I was doing my morning workouts, which I do still like morning movement, but it looks very different than it used to. I noticed that I had a harder time getting out of bed to do my morning workouts. If my room was messy versus if my room was clean, Mm. I would wake up and I would work out. But like, if I was surrounded by chaos, I would almost just want to stay in bed longer because I just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. Um, So it's super important for me to like reset my space each night before I go to bed. Like, is the kitchen clean? Is my bedroom clean? Have I hung up the clothes? I put away all the stuff I used in a day so that the next morning when I get up, I just have like a fresh slate. I can focus. I don't feel overwhelmed by my space. Like that is huge. And I don't think people talk about that enough or realize how much it impacts them. Ooh, I really like that. And I can't wait to tune into that podcast episode because I am such a believer in that. And I love feng shui and just Mm -hmm. the idea that a cluttered space equals a cluttered mind. I truly believe that. And I think that it's like even having unpaid bills under Mm -hmm. your bed, for example, is something that even though you can't see it subconsciously, you know, it's there and it adds stress and pressure. And so being mindful of that or just little things bug me too. I know this sounds ridiculous, but like, I love to light candles. So having the match that's already burned, like those will pile up and then they'll be on the ground and they'll be everywhere. And just even that is stressful to me and yeah, and impacts Mm -hmm. me. So I think that's so important to talk about. And I love that you're doing that. So when you do that sort of reset ritual, do you have, cause I feel like for some people, maybe they have like a crazy day, they come home and they're like, the last thing I want to do is clean. How do you make that enjoyable and relaxing and not more pressure? You know what I mean? Cause I know ultimately mm-hmm. it helps to bring down stress, but in the moment it might feel like more. Oh, totally. I mean, for me, it's usually all kind of combined with the same routine. So that happens after the lights are dimmed a little bit, when my slow jams playlist is on, or when I'm like listening to something that I really like, and I feel like I'm just kind of moving throughout my space, kind of with that same energy, um, so that it feels like less of a chore. It's like, yeah, it's a party. (laughs) 
I like that. Yeah. Part of the party. Yes. I really like that. Cause, and, and too, it's probably your mindset, the way that you think Mm -hmm. about it. It's totally, it's totally the way that you think about it. And yeah, if you've got your dim lights, you got your nice music, you create a vibe. That's really what it's all about. Makes anything better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's great. So then after you've done that, then what else? So after I've done those things, I mean, I've reset my space. I have done my self-care shower. Then I usually get in bed and I'm usually not quite ready to fall asleep yet. So that's when I'll usually read, have something on my Kindle that I'm reading. Um, And then that's when I fall asleep. That's amazing. Do you wear blue light blocking glasses? Yes, I do. Although I have prescription glasses and my prescription glasses have blue light on them. Oh, amazing. Blue light blocker on them. Yeah. I'm always curious for good brands. I don't know if you know any, but I am always looking to recommend blue light blocking glasses and I have a pair that are okay, but I feel like I need a new pair and people are always asking. I don't know if you know any good ones. Yeah, I mean, the ones I use are from Warby Parker, um, and I think they also can do it without prescription, too, if you don't need a prescription, but I, I like them. So. Yeah, Warby Parker, that's a great brand. And just mm-hmm. for those who don't know, we kind of touched on it, but you really want to be mindful about the blue light. So if you are going to watch a show at night or you are going to read something on your laptop, there's a couple options for you. One would be if you're on your laptop, you have to work. It's inevitable, maybe. Um, you can download the Flux app, which is mm-hmm. f.lux, and it changes. It's just an app that then changes the screen color to match the time of day. So it'll kind of turn to like a sunset amber glow around sunset, and it'll get a little darker at night, and then it gets bright in the morning. So I love that, and it's mm-hmm. adjusted to where you are in the world, so it knows. And then there's also obviously blue light blocking glasses that you can wear if you're watching a show um, or you're reading on your on your Kindle or something like that. But I think um, it's just little things like that where it's not we're not necessarily saying don't be on any kind of screen before bed because that may just not be realistic for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally only get to watch shows at night, and that's when my husband and I get to catch up with our shows, and we really like it. So. Mm-hmm. There's little things like that that we can do. And so I would just say, you know, think about those little tweaks and changes and even maybe something simple like, okay, watch your show, but then maybe journal out your thoughts and feelings for 10 minutes or like the stressors from the day or whatever makes you feel like your brain dumping and getting all that out. Or maybe read like a funny book or something that just isn't stressful that brings you joy because sometimes we're watching this news or we're watching these true crime murder shows and that really impacts your sleep oh, and yeah. can increase your cortisol levels right before bed so also thinking about the type of content that you consume oh for sure I can't even consume those things period like I just can't I'm too sensitive of a yeah sensitive flower sensitive soul. yeah but definitely recommend not uh and not consuming true crime content before bed. I know. I'm telling that to myself because I love true crime. Oh, my gosh. It's so addicting and awful, and I don't know why I watch it because I get freaked out every time. But, yeah, it's it's a reminder to myself. But I've definitely kind of stopped doing that, and I've noticed myself sleeping better, too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I love that. So then quick question, just kind of circling back to the beverages. Do you ever do like any sort of calming beverages at night? Or if you have like, do you ever get sweet cravings at night? Because 
that can also impact your cortisol levels and spike your blood sugar levels if you have something too sweet before bed. But a lot of clients that we work with, a lot of my clients want something. And so I'm curious, like, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, great question. I'm a big fan of the nighttime beverage. I will be honest, I don't tend to have a very strong sweet tooth anymore, but there have absolutely been times in my life where I have, where I'm like, at the end of the night, I have to have something sweet and I would usually just have it. Um, (laughs) Although nowadays, because I just consume a lot less sugar overall, I just find myself not having those cravings that much. Your cravings Um, change. They totally do. They totally do. But for me, nighttime beverages that I love, um, I'm a big fan of magnesium. So I will usually have natural calm at night. That's also something that has made a really big impact on uh, my cramps when I'm good about my magnesium all month long. I find that my cramps are like not bad. Uh, And when I'm skipping, then I definitely feel more intense cramps when I'm on my period. So that's Mm -hmm. a big one. And then I love having some sort of tea, whether it's like a ginger tea, maybe if I had kind of a heavier dinner and need a little help with digestion or a chamomile for something relaxing, but those are like my two go-tos for sure. Yeah. Tea is so great. And it really does. I think too, talking about rituals, it's like Mm -hmm. that thing again, that you're going to, that's kind of signaling to your brain and your body that it's time to relax. And I think just also, if you can get in, in touch with the feel of it, like having a mug that you really like to look at, it sounds silly, but it really helps like this beautiful mug. And like, if it's hot and it's cold, you know, maybe it's cold out and you have this hot mug and you just feel cozy and you feel the heat on your hands and you just get really present with that experience. It's all, it's all interconnected. It's not just about the tea, you know, it's so Mm -hmm. much more than just that. Oh yeah. The one other thing that I would say that helps a lot at night, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but I swear it has helped me so much is investing in actual pajamas. And this is, mm. I started doing this about a year ago because I, for years, would just sleep in like old sweats and like old t-shirts. I mean, I think we, we all do naturally. It, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. It's something about taking like a beautiful, long, ritual-filled self-care shower and then putting on like a coordinated silky pajama set it doesn't have to be expensive like my pajamas all come from like target like not fancy by any means um just makes you feel that much more like put together and like oh I'm taking care of myself I'm wearing this like pajama set like yes I just feel so much better and I'm excited to wear it because it's cute because it's comfortable and it's not something that makes me feel frumpy or ratty um, yes. there's just some, some, I don't know, I'm not a therapist, so I don't know the brain science behind it, but I swear it's real. No, I think so for sure. Because it's true. I think in quarantine, we got super used to just being homeless looking. <laughs> At least I did. Just naturally. It's just, it's like a time for frumpiness and I yeah. get it. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'm already just, this is all, you know, I have nowhere to go, nowhere to be. And it was just kind of embracing how long can I wear the same pair of sweatpants for? until I got to throw them out. I had this one shirt that was just full of holes and I finally threw it out, but it's so true. It impacts your confidence levels. It impacts your mood. It impacts just the way that you feel after a long day and truly like the material that you put on your skin, like if it's silk or it's soft or whatever, that again is that ritual of changing of the guards kind of, of like, okay, we're not in the 
crazy work day anymore. We're, we're at night and we're getting more connected to ourselves. And, and I think that's a beautiful point to make just how we present ourselves, not only in the day, but at night, not necessarily for anyone else, but for ourselves. Totally. And to just signal to your brain, like it's time for bed. I feel this material on my skin. It's time, time to start winding down. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's great. And so then in the morning, tell us about your morning rituals and um, maybe how that might be different from a routine that you would have had in the past, like where you would have your coffee and do your high intensity. Like what does that look like differently now? And how has that supported you? Yeah. When I first started with the whole morning routine jam and having an intentional morning routine, it was again, kind of that very clinical masculine type of feel. I read the book, The Miracle Morning back in like 2015, which is actually a great book. I'm not saying yeah. don't read it. It's a good book and it has really great takeaways. And a lot of the things, the activities in that book are still parts of my day today, but my approach to it just changed. Back then it was very much like, I want to be successful. Successful people wake up at 5 a.m. and they do all these things before the day. And it just very much had this um, almost scarcity to it of like, I could never get up early enough. I, as much as I could pack into my morning before work as possible, the better. Um, and over the past few years, and especially during the pandemic, kind of working and living in the same space, I've really changed my approach to have a little bit more spaciousness and abundance in how I approach my morning rituals instead of like the scarcity of a morning routine. Mm -hmm. So it's pared down a lot. One, I wake up later. Hallelujah. Two, I do far fewer things um, because I'm just more interested in getting in touch with myself and what feels good as opposed to what makes me think I'm more productive than other people, which is kind of the attitude around morning routine conversations when it comes to productivity sometimes. Totally. Um, so these days my morning routine is a lot more simple. I usually wake up between six and seven. Um, I like to wake up a little bit earlier during the summer when it's light out earlier, but during the winter when it's dark out, I like to wake up a little bit later. I'll usually start the day with a little bit of lemon water um, I'll meditate. Lately, I have been doing morning pages, which is just three pages of journaling, stream of consciousness, whatever comes to your mind. Um, and then after that, if it is a day where I do some sort of workout, I'll do a light workout, usually at home, either yoga or Pilates or something really gentle uh, or go for a walk. And that's it. That's like my very pared down morning routine. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I think that it sounds like too, it kind of ebbs and flows based mm -hmm. on where you're at in your life, because I think it's important for people to know that you have a lot going on. Like you're not just, you know, working a couple hours here and there, which is fine for people who do. But I also think sometimes when people that have really crazy busy schedules hear these conversations, it's like, well, nice for you to be able to, have that calming morning or, you know, do these different things, but I just don't have time. I'm curious what you would say to that because I know you and I know how much you have going on and it is a lot. And I even said to you the last time, I don't know how you're managing everything and still showing up in this, like such a calm, just chill energy. And you still fit in these non-negotiables for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I'm also really honest about when I'm feeling overwhelmed earlier today, I was feeling super overwhelmed just with work and life. And I just had these things on my to-do list that were just looming 
And so I was like, okay, I'm having a moment where I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I'm going to go for a walk because walks always make me feel better. I'm going to not have headphones. So I'm not consuming anything. I'm just going to walk. I'm going to clear my head, move my body. And then when I get back home from my walk, I'm going to look at this list of these things that I don't, you know, I I need to do. And I'm going to focus on one thing at a time until it's done, which helped me feel a lot better. And I'm also really honest about when I'm feeling that way. Like I posted that earlier today of like, I'm overwhelmed. So I'm taking a walk. Yeah. But I think that those practices are what enable me to do the things that I do. They don't take away. And there have absolutely been times where I've like woken up, rolled out of bed, and then immediately logged on to work. And I can tell you every single time I feel so much worse and so much more anxious than those mornings if I wake up even 20 to 30 minutes earlier and just give myself a little bit of time to get still and get quiet with myself, I feel calmer all throughout the day versus waking up and immediately being in tune with everyone else's priorities. It's just, it's just a chance to really check in with yourself before you start doing for everyone else. Yeah. And I think too, when you, I mean, we all want to say, like, we do this, you know, I love to say, oh, I digital detox every morning and don't check my phone. That would be a lie. Um, I go through periods of time where I, I do that and I don't check my phone at all. And then I go through periods of time where two weeks goes by and I realize I've been checking my phone, scrolling Instagram every morning. But what I will say is that having these intentional periods of time where you say, okay, I'm going to plug my phone in across the room or I'm going to use something else as an alarm instead of my phone. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go into a different room. If that requires getting up 15, 20 minutes earlier, I'm going to journal. I'm going to read. I'm going to do whatever makes me feel calm. And then I'm going to check my emails because the periods of time where I do that, and it sounds like for you too, you're not, the second that you see those emails and you see those direct messages and you see those comments and likes or whatever, you're responding, you're reacting And all of those emails, all of those other people have control over your day instead of you having control over your morning and your day. And all of a sudden you're up in your fight or flight, your cortisol levels are increased. You're just, oh, like you're thinking about all of that stuff that you have to get back to. And it can be really hard to then go and try to sit in silence and drink your tea or, you know, journal without thinking about all of those other things that you have to get back to. So It may feel like a lot to get up 15, 20 minutes earlier or set aside that time, but it truly will make an impact on the rest of your day to Les's point. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And I also find that if I don't do it first thing in the morning, I won't do it at all. Like if I start checking my emails and seeing what's going on and jumping into go mode, then I just stay there all day. There's no coming out of it for me. Oh, same. And lately too, because it's the holidays, it's just like... I don't know. I just am getting sucked in by that swipe up on Instagram and all the ads and stuff like that. So I've been doing online shopping in the morning, which is then stressful because it's like, okay, just wasted time. I spent money that I shouldn't have been spending. And, you know, I didn't get to read my book and do my journaling and light my candle that I know makes me feel my best. Mm -hmm. So sometimes having those periods of time where you do that is kind of good because it's a reminder of why those morning rituals are so important. And if you can just kind of reset and be like, okay, I give myself grace for having a period of time where I didn't do it, but now let me try to do it again and 
if I can only do it three times this week, then great. But just the more that you do it, the more you'll realize the benefits and you'll want to do it. Yeah. And it becomes second nature after a while. It yep. really does. Mm -hmm, exactly. Um, and then you also mentioned to your movement. And so can you speak a little bit to high intensity and kind of how that impacted just how you felt overall and your hormones versus what you do now? And also because you just, are you certified officially? Uh, after this weekend, I will be. Yes. So exciting. certified yoga instructor, which is so amazing. And going through that training is intense. I know. So I'm curious sort of now that you've been through that and you already started to slow, thing down, slow things down, what has yoga taught you um, in regards to, you know, your health and, and your mental well-being? Oh my gosh, so much. I'm also recording a podcast episode about yoga and my experience with yoga as well, because that's like, I could go on for yeah. hours about it and about my yoga journey. Um, what people may not know, especially if they don't follow me or if maybe they only followed me for a short while is that I used to be a personal trainer and I used to be a fitness Instagram account and I used to be very fit. Uh, and by very fit, I mean, I would just do really physically challenging things all the time. I was very focused on getting stronger, getting more athletic, going faster, jumping higher. That was a really big priority for me for a very long time. And I don't, you know, regret that at all. It was beautiful. And I think that that was really the catalyst for so much of the mindset work that I now do and building the confidence that I now have. Um, but it's very much an emphasis on like more, more, more pushing, 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 um, and over the past two years, you know, really when I moved to Los Angeles, I felt myself really wanting to scale back. And I just found myself a lot less interested in intense exercise. I didn't join a gym when I first moved here. It was like the, my first time not going to the gym all the time in my adult life. Mm -hmm. uh, my first time not having access to like weights or anything like that. And I just felt really pulled to focus more on my yoga practice. And yoga is something I've been doing since I was 14. So it's not, it wasn't that it was new, but mm. I used to do it to kind of offset all my intense stuff. And so using it to kind of replace that um, has been a really, really beautiful change, but it's really taught me how to listen to myself more, how to have more compassion with myself, help me understand kind of what my center is a lot more. Um, and it's just been like a really, really beautiful experience for growth. So for me now, movement is purely just something that I do because I like to do it and because I want to feel mobile and I want to feel healthy. And I don't necessarily believe that getting older means that we have to be uh, in pain. And I know that things happen, illness happens, injuries happen, but I don't think that getting older in and of itself has to be a sentence to having back pain or having knee pain. So I'm very committed to doing anything I can to prevent that, um, which is very much also the center of why I move and my yoga practice now. And I can say like, I'm in my thirties and I don't have back pain and I don't have knee pain um, because of my commitment to moving and keeping my body going. So that's also been like a great thing. <laughs> that's amazing. And you probably feel better than you did when you were in your twenties doing all of that high intensity. Oh, yeah. Cause I used to be super inflamed, especially when I would run all the time. Um, 
sorry, I got a notification. My dinner is almost here. Uh, I would run all the time. And so my, some bodies love running my body personally, when I was running half marathons and stuff all the time, hated running, it would impact my period negatively. I would be super inflamed and just puffy. So yeah, I feel so much better now than I did in those days. Yeah. And that's such, such an important takeaway too, is that doing this high intensity workout all the time, even though it might feel like a stress. Oh, hello. Oh, you're there. Sorry. I'm here. Sorry. I'm getting a call. Oh, you're fine. Did you need, sorry. Should we wrap it up? Two minutes? Yeah. Like two minutes would be awesome. Okay. Yeah. My dinner. (laughs) Oh no, that's great. That's great. Wonderful. So this is perfect. So I was just going to say doing that high intensity, you know, it may feel like a great stress release. If you're boxing, you're punching things out, but you really have to think about, are you layering that on to a lot of other stressors in your life? And it's really, you know, if if you want to do that and you're in maybe like the follicular phase or the ovulatory phase of your cycle and you have more energy and your hormones are higher, that could be supportive. Or maybe you just wake up and you have bounds of energy and you've also had like a really great day filled with your rituals and you're in a good mood and you've nourished yourself. Like, that's a good balance, but adding yeah. that on top of, you know, all these additional stressors, um, yeah. just adds, you know, more fuel to the flame. And so exactly. dialing it back, tuning in, listening to your body, slowing it down is, is so important. Mm-hmm. So I'd love for you, since we want to go get you your dinner, just to wrap up <laughs> by sharing. I just don't want them to leave. <laughs> no, 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 no. Me neither. <laughs> I'd be so depressed. Um, okay. But just sharing, how can people keep in touch with you, follow your podcast, and also just learn more about, like, your your yoga teacher training experience, and if people are interested in starting a yoga practice themselves, like, what would, where would you send them, what would you recommend, because it sounds like you're going to have some podcast episodes about that, too. Yes, I would say subscribe to my podcast, Balanced Black Girl. Um, I have new episodes coming out every Tuesday, so on your favorite podcasting app, and I actually go deep into all of these topics because they're all things that I've lived from my experience. Uh, and in 2022, I'm going to have some resources for those looking to begin their yoga practice. So following me here on Instagram and following the podcast Balanced Black Girl are going to be the two best places. Yes. And then since we we touched on the boundary setting, which I think is so important, I'm also going to share that episode that you did on that. So if you can just at any point, just I can probably find it on your podcast, but we can just share it. And if people want to learn more about the importance of that, they can. Um, But you have so many great resources over there. So thank you so much for joining us. Happy holidays. I feel like I could chat with you forever about this stuff. (laughs) Thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. Yeah, I feel like we got to hang out. Exactly. Amazing. Well, have a wonderful night. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And enjoy your dinner. Thank you so much. Have a good night, Jess. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. 